Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Welcome to Covenant People's Ministry, the real Christian identity sermon. <laughs> nice. Nice. And so with that, dear kinsfolk, I'd like to go ahead now and cover a little bit of Paul's teaching from his first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning in chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says this, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. And we know that it was Paul who time and time again said, When I was amongst Jews, I became as a Jew, or when I was amongst Romans, I became as the Romans to bring my brother to Christ. Meaning, Paul was as wise as serpents, and he knew that there was a time where many people needed to be speak to on the carnal level in order for them to be able to even understand the spiritual level. There are many babes in Christ, and they seemingly can only digest the milk, which proves the importance of many of these ministries that were discussed in tonight's Godcast, such as Pete Peters or uh, Arnold Murray and so forth. Even if we believe these people are milk toast preachers, they have a position within the coming kingdom as well. Verse 2, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hereto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. And so, point in case, me and Obadiah have discussed bringing topics and studies on the acrostics and on things such as David getting an STD from Bathsheba or even Job having boils. But the inner workings of the scripture many times that people neglect. should be pointed out that many times when we bring forth acrostics, I'll get attacked by saying, oh, Pastor Visser's trying to promote hidden codes. Oh, really? Uh, acrostics aren't hidden. They're written right there for everyone to understand. So many people within Christian identity who say, I've never even heard of acrostics, it should show you exactly where they stand, meaning on the milk of the word. The same milk that Paul teaches them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 by saying, I fed you with milk and not with meat, meaning there is a time and a place for all of those things. So, understanding that we can have a CI show that deals only with the strong meat of God's word, so also is there a time and a place to deal with the milk, meaning to get that message out there, the milk toast message, to be able to hook them on one such truth and reel them in. The fact that Jesus Christ says we are to be fishers of men should be taken extremely seriously because that's exactly what the goal is for. Next verse, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying strife and divisions are ye not carnal and walk as men and therefore paul once again is giving probably the 30th witness because we know jesus christ time and time again said friendship with the world is enmity meaning hatred with god so also he says paul ye are yet carnal that is why there's envying strife and pay close attention 
divisions. Divisions are brought forth because many people out there seem to think that they are wiser than the average person out there. Oh, indeed, they can come along and say, well, Pastor Eli is this. They could even come and say, Pastor Visser is this. But not a single one of them will debate me. And not a single one of them will give me what I've been asking for for an upwards of a decade, which is, please, call in. Call in now. If you're so theologically grounded, you think I'm wrong. So be it. Be carnal. But as long as mankind is carnal, guess what? There is envying, strife, divisions amongst us. Next verse, verse 4. Paul says, For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Now consider this, dear kinsfolk, because within Christian identity, there's really two camps. There's the Sola Scriptura camp, those who accept all 66 books as canon and strive to follow exactly what it says, including Paul, knowing that Paul was chosen of Jesus Christ. And there is the other camp who want to come along and bash Paul and say, you know what, I don't accept the words of Paul. Thus, there are those of us who are of Paul and those of us who are not. But, plain case, the truth should be told, we all should be under Jesus Christ. Paul is merely a second witness for the numerous things that Jesus Christ taught as he walked the face of this earth. And if we dismiss Paul, bash him, and attempt to erase 80% of the New Testament, in reality, all we are doing is erasing the numerous second witnesses that Paul gave us for the perfection and the completion of our word. Without Paul, our words are imperfect. And we know that Yahweh God is perfect. Verse 5 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says this, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? So who are these men? Men that should not be worshipped. We're not supposed to worship Paul, and no one's saying that we should. But we can know Jesus Christ from people who dealt with and were at the foot of the cross, and if not even at the foot of the cross, much later and had dealings with Jesus Christ. Friends, it is quite ironic that everything we know of Jesus Christ stems from the Word of God, meaning that anything, any Christian identity pastor out there knows of Jesus Christ isn't given by private interpretation. It is given in the Word of God. And if we erase Paul from that, then guess what? We erase Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ obviously chose Paul, or else he wouldn't be here in the 66 books we possess today in the form of canonized scripture. Verse 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And that's the important thing that we should notice, dear friends, is that we can plant the seed, but only Yahweh God can cause that seed to grow. So while the detractor attempts to call in and dissension and cause all sorts of mischief, the reality behind it is, is it's about planting seeds. It's not about who's right, who has more listeners, who's a better dresser, who has a nicer house. But what it truly is about is who serves Yahweh God. Do we serve Yahweh God by violating his law and engaging in slander, gossip, and so forth? Oh, no, indeed. Rather, we serve Yahweh God by studying his word and studying to show ourselves approved, just like the faithful Bereans of old. That was attributed to them as righteousness. Why? Because they couldn't be misled that way. So our job as Christians and Christian identity pastors, any of us, men and women both, is to plant the seed, but we must realize that we cannot force that seed to grow. It is only Yahweh God who provides the increase. Next verse, Paul continues in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, 
but God giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Pay close attention. Listen to me now, dear friends. Every man will receive his own reward according to his own labor. There is no judging Yahweh God in judgment, dear friends. And if we find ourselves on the left hand of Jesus Christ, those to whom Christ says, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, we have only ourselves to blame, period. You cannot blame Billy Graham for misleading you or another Christian identity pastor. Why? Because Jesus Christ has foretold you all things. And here it is in the Word of God. Now, if Jesus Christ has foretold you all things and said as such within his word, do you believe it, dear friends, or do you believe that there's going to be a latter illuminated thought that's going to enter in? There is no new thing under the sun, dear friends. So understand that while we may plant the seed, it is only Yahweh God who will water it. It is only Yahweh God who will give the increase. And the best way that we can plant a seed is by living it, not saying it. Many people out there don't realize that the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is people who profess with their mouth Jesus Christ, but go out and live a life debaucherous and contrary to what Christ taught. That, dear friends, is the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today. No one is going to listen to a cursed bastard saying, hey, Jesus Christ, anything. Point in case. And Jesus Christ says, When a man's ways please Yahweh God, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. But we will receive our reward according to our own labor. This is the reason why Jesus Christ would tell the rich, Woe unto ye, rich, for ye've received your reward. Guess what? It doesn't say they're not receiving a reward. But Jesus Christ is straightforwardly saying the only reward of the rich man is temporal money in this short life that we all live down here. And that, dear friends, is no reward at all. Because if it was a reward, money would mean something. But Jesus Christ, time and time again, says we cannot serve God and mammon. And as Obadiah pointed out, mammon means the world's riches. Are you willing to trade your position within the coming kingdom of Yahweh God for a few shekels? Well, many people out there will, and many people out there do, even inadvertently, because they go... And they punched their clock, and they kissed the Jew behind for a few illusionary shekels, none of which matter when it comes to the establishment of Yahweh's kingdom down here on earth as it is in heaven. So continuing on, verse 9, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, and ye are God's building. Point in case. How many times has Paul said, the body fitly joined together, then and only then are we true, and then and only then are we whole. This is overlaid within the concept of marriage, that a man and a woman shall leave mother and father, cling together, and become one flesh, so also is it with those men and women to leave the world behind, come out from among them, and become one flesh with Jesus Christ. This is the reason why Paul says here in 1 Corinthians, we're laborers. We all labor, we all have the same goal, meaning we work towards planting seeds. We work towards the establishment of Yahweh's kingdom here on earth. We can even be God's husbandry, meaning tending to the flock, tending to God's sheep, and we are God's building. That is not through divisions, because Paul has already confirmed that divisions and strife and envying all come through the carnal thoughts of men. But he who is spiritual is able to recognize that we are one body. And if Christ is that head, then the Word of God is the head of the true, quote-unquote, church, the body of Christ. 
And that is what we are. Verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. And so here it is, Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, as he did the church in Ephesus and so forth. And time and time again, Paul would teach these particular quote-unquote heathens, and what would happen is there would cause dissension. Rumors, wars, and all of these things would creep in because of the lust and the desire of men. Paul would establish the groundwork, meaning that cornerstone is Jesus Christ. But, Paul also says that men will come in and interject their own damnable heresies. And this is the reason why every man should take heed how he builds upon what is already transcribed here in the New Testament. Paul was the master builder. He was able to establish these churches. And thanks to these churches, the gospel went as a movement, grew and expanded beyond even the Romans' mind at the time. Oh, indeed, Pilate and Herod believed that if they murdered Christ and just erased it all, like they do in today's society, everything would just go away and they would no longer have any problems. But did that work? Did that happen, dear friends? Oh, no, indeed. For today we live in an era where there are more Christians than perhaps any other religion. And that's not to say that every single one of them is correct, but that is to say that the more the enemy attempts to erase history, it's like trying to pick up sand through a clutched hand. It's impossible to do because the sand will fall through. Jesus Christ straightforwardly taught when he walked that my sheep will hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Do you believe it? Meaning that you will be able to recognize Jesus' words within his word because it is written and not fall aside to Jewish fables and the traditions of men which Christ says make null the word of God. Paul was the master builder because he built the foundation and the cornerstone upon Jesus Christ. And time and time again, there would be people who would come and say, you know what, the law will justify us. You know what, following Apollos or Greek mythology will save us. Is there anything new under the sun, dear friends? Oh, no, indeed, because we can see this within white nationalism today. We see VNN and many of these tards who believe that worshiping comic book heroes like Thor and so forth will somehow or another obtain them entrance within the kingdom. But it simply will not be as such. How can I say that? Verse 11 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says this, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Meaning that all of these dogmas... All of these lies that are usually brought through, as Paul's confirmed in even this chapter, through the lust and the desires of men's own carnal, will not stand. Meaning, they are rudiments. And when that great and terrible day of the Lord comes, it is a day of fire. Meaning, that rudiments, everything that Yahweh God did not create, yet Satan had perverted, will be restored to its initial state, including all of the earth to its initial state, meaning Eden, meaning paradise, and therein lies the war. You will not find anybody within Christian identity saying, well, the kingdom of heaven is this, and the kingdom of heaven is up in space, because we know straightforwardly that the kingdom of heaven is Yah's will on earth. Paul knew this, and Paul established this. And Paul could go as far as saying that no other foundation can no man lay than that which is already laid. So, dear friends, 
please hearken unto the words of Paul and Jesus Christ because many people out there would love to come along and say, you know what, it's okay to eat this particular food. It's okay to have more than one wife. No, it isn't. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you've enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel, would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visitor's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts. You can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Yahweh God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and irregardless of man's own desires, no matter how much they try to say, this is Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ is this, inventing a God in their own making, it will not stand. They are idols, and idols are burned up in that great and terrible day of the Lord, dear friends. Verse 12, Paul says this, now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day he declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Dear friends, pay close attention, because the way of the media is to call evil good and good evil. But throughout all of Scripture, our God is a consuming fire. That's Old Testament and New Testament. When Moses spoke to Yahweh God, he spoke to him in the form of a burning bush. When the children of Israel were exodused from Egypt and came out from among the heathen nations, well, it was Yahweh God who walked in front of us at night, lighting our path in the form of a fire. But it is the way of the devil to come along and say, fire, bad, but it truly is not. Fire is a restorative process, dear friends, and it is Yahweh God who will use fire to reveal to every man his work of what sort it is. So understanding that that left-hand company, those goats who stand on the left hand of Christ in judgment, even though they were Christians, even though they could say to him, did we not do marvelous works? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Jesus Christ will say unto him, Depart from me. Never knew you. Never heard your prayer. Anything you ever did did not matter why, because it wasn't built upon the foundation. All things that those particular people did were based in their own self-gratification, even the desire to be seen of men doing what they do. And this is the reason why Jesus Christ would say, Don't be as the hypocrites. Don't make long prayers. Don't take the cheapest seats. Don't do these things. Why? Because that's what the hypocrites do. The hypocrites will come out and say, Hey, I follow the law and violate it time and time again. This is a Pharisee in a nutshell. They would sit in Moses' seat, would they not? Even Jesus Christ would confirm that. But time and time again, while they were standing out there saying, Hey, thou shalt not kill. Guess what they were doing behind the scenes, dear friends? Oh, indeed. They were conspiring to kill an innocent man in the form of Jesus Christ. And this is a danger that each and every one of us can fall into. Next verse. 
If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Meaning, if your work, your righteous acts, your faith that leads you to action, because James says faith without works is dead, if everything you did was in line with the word of God, then it will stand in that great and terrible day of the Lord. This is the reason why Jesus Christ would say, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and even strong men can come in and take these things from you and corrupt them, but rather we're to strive for the rewards that are in heaven. And even though the detractor will come along and say there's seven planks of heaven because they want to interject Judaism within Christian identity, the fact that there are many mansions in one singular heaven still confirms the fact that there's one heaven. One God, one baptism. And no matter how many times man wants to come along and form God into his image, because it's easier for him to follow, it will not stand in that great and terrible day of the Lord. And Paul confirms that. Next verse. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So this is the reason why many times when we see forest fires raging out of control in Australia and even here in the Americas, mankind oftentimes is left with no options but to go and control, quote-unquote, that fire. Meaning they will go out and burn several miles away so that there's a fire break. And when that fire reaches that point, that fire will dwell out. Meaning that fire is a restoration process, that within two or three years from a forest being burned to the ground, it's greener than it ever was before. That, dear friends, is the symbology behind the scriptural account of the entire book of Obadiah and the overthrow of Edom. Fire leaves and releases potash into the soil. And when water hits potash, then the ground is nourished. On the same token, tares look like wheat. And when the disciples came to Jesus Christ, they said, Why don't we take these tares out now? Why don't we kill those imposters who pretend to be Christians? To paraphrase. And Jesus Christ said, Leave them alone. Why did he say that? The reason for it is because weeds will leach from you. The reality is, a gardener knows that if he pulls the weeds, that will give more trace elements within the soil for his crops to grow. And if his crops are able to grow, then he is truly able to flourish. So the key is not murder. The key is not removal. The key is recognition and being wiser than the serpents, just as Paul confirms. If you shall be burned, well, you'll suffer loss, your works, that is, but you yourself can be saved through that process by learning that anything you do down here, dear friends, it doesn't matter if you build the greatest skyscraper man has ever known. Within a couple hundred years, you'll be forgotten and it will be destroyed and man simply will never remember you again. So, verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. Stopping right there. It doesn't say the Catholic Church. It doesn't even say Christian identity, and it doesn't say whosoever believeth. It says ye are the temple of God. Meaning the church is the ecclesia. The church is the body of Christ, those in dysphoria, those scattered abroad throughout all of this world who believe. It doesn't matter if you're from America, Australia. It doesn't even matter if you're from South Africa, dear friends. If you want to be part of that church of God, the temple of God, then the only way to do that is abide within Christ. And, of course, the easiest way to do that would be 
to abide within the doctrine of Christ, which is transcribed within the word. But continuing on, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? Question. Paul's asking it, do you understand it? Because Christian identity is the only sect of Christendom that straightforwardly teaches that one specific person, Adam man singular, was breathed into the breath of life, and that man became a living soul. Many whites who are tares, and many other races created on the sixth day, do not have the added benefit of the breath of God. That is the law written upon our heart. That is the reason why our race predominantly knows right from wrong. We don't need the Bible to tell us this. It's born within us at birth, meaning little children know it's wrong to steal. We don't need to go to the Ten Commandments to understand that. But when we go to the Ten Commandments, it gives us our double witness. It gives us a confirmation. And the reason God's designed it that way is because it should increase faith within you. Coming along and saying, well, it doesn't say in the Bible that you shouldn't eat pork and that. Well, that's bearing false witness. And many people will do that. And pork, of course, is a non-issue. But I bring that up because not eating particular foods is most likely one of the easiest ways that we can show obedience to Yahweh's law. And if we follow men who can't do even such a simple command, then I assure you, dear friends, they're not going to be able to keep the stricter ones. Meaning... They're more prone to kill. They're more prone to rape. They're more prone. Why? Because a little leaven is leaven the whole lump. You throw one truth out, dear friends, it's impossible not to throw out several other truths. So, do not make that mistake. Why? Because the Spirit of God dwells within us. And if the Spirit of God dwells within us, then we do not want to have an impure body. And therein lies the whole teaching, dear friends. Who we preach to, who we allow in our house, and who we allow within our congregation can affect the flock. And this is one such reason why we have a strict no-rabbi rule on the Obi and Visser show. Because our flock doesn't want to hear it. Our flock wants to hear the Word of God preached faithfully in season and out of season, and it's not about you or I. It's not about what Pastor Visser or what Rabbi Samuelson ate for lunch last week. That matters nothing. Next verse. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Stopping right there. If you defile the temple of God, and there's more ways than one of defiling it. But perhaps the easiest way of defiling the temple of God is interjecting your own dogmas. Your own carnal thoughts and attempting to say, hey, guess what? This is scriptural. For example, of course Mary is a Jew. Of course Jesus is a Jew. You can believe that in your heart 100%. But if it is not backed in Scripture by two witnesses, and you go out and teach others to do as such, then you will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. If you go out and even think that the law is done away with, well, that's sin, according to Jesus Christ in those same verses. But if you teach others to do so, you will be considered the least within the kingdom. What's the least within the kingdom, dear friends? That's outside the gate with the whoremongers, the murderers, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. You don't have to make the lie up like the ADL, dear friends. You don't have to make the lie up like Martin Lindsay does week in and week out, all unsubstantiated and all unverified. All you must do is love that lie and prefer the lie over the truth. And guess what will happen scripturally time and time again? Seeing as you do not like to retain Yahweh God within your knowledge and His law... He will give you the reprobate mind that you so desire. 
So that's why I stopped. But if any man defiled the temple of God, for example, race trading, for example, allowing a mixed congregation, if any man defiled the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? So understand that. If the temple of God is holy, then what's that say for those out there who want to say those that are accepted of Yahweh God, who comprise that same temple, are not to be listened to, not to be hearkened unto, perhaps have questionable backgrounds. What it says is they're completely off the mark because we're all to be working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It has nothing to do with the person Paul. It has everything to do with what Paul brought forth. And on the same token, it has nothing to do with the person Obadiah, Eli James, or Bill Fink. Rather, we are to judge them according to their fruits, and not what they say with their mouth. And Paul confirms that, of course. Which temple we are, we cannot allow any man to defile it. Verse 18 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may become wise. And that is the reason why David says all the way back in the book of Psalms, The fool has said in his heart there is no God. Why? Because only a fool could say there's no God when there's so much ample evidence around the world. Man cannot create pregnancy and the miracle of birth. Man cannot even make a seed grow. All of these things, whether it's a seed of a plant or the seed of a man, require 100% reliance and faith upon Yahweh God for that seed to even take root. And that's exactly why Paul says we may plant the seed, but only Yahweh God can give the increase. It does not matter how many times you beat the unbeliever over the head with the Bible. It does not matter how many times you show them that you shouldn't eat pork and that Jesus Christ was not a Jew. Only God can give them eyes to see. And this was the symbology of Jesus Christ proving he was God by giving man the eyes to see and ears to hear, and most especially, assuredly, him overcoming death. The Old Testament confirmed that it was Yahweh God who had the keys of both life and death, and Jesus Christ did that at the cross. So you would know that he truly was Emmanuel, God with us, that he truly was that word made flesh that dwelt among man. And on the same token, down here in Satan's kingdom, there'll be 101 preachers who will come against you for even saying, Jesus Christ is God, when his name means Emmanuel, God with us. Who do you believe, dear friends? Do you believe the word written by Paul, written by men who were Holy Spirit inspired to write exactly what God wanted it to be, and in the form that it is today, in your hand in 66 books? Are you one of these types of people who are going to attribute more power to man and say, oh, woe is me? Man thwarted the plan of God at the Council of Nicaea. Man says that we shouldn't read the book of Enoch and Jasher. Well, guess what? If man was able to thwart the plan of God, then that would make man more powerful than Yahweh God, which is an impossibility. So what I'm saying is many of these apocryphal books are good on a historical level. They can even give you a second witness as to what's written within Scripture, but they will not trump what is in Scripture. Meaning, if something you read in these apocryphal books does not align with Scripture, then there's a reason it's not canon, dear friends. Man cannot thwart the plans of God. So if it is the plan of God for CI to come into the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher, then that may be his plan. On the same token, it is also the plan of God to have 66 books and a majority of books taken out to confuse people out there, to see who they'll believe. 
You must understand, dear friends, it starts here first and foremost. You must believe what is superficially written, the simplicity that is in Christ first and foremost, before you understand the deeper meanings. Perfect example of that is the bastard shall not enter the congregation of Yahweh God. Many people within CI want to come along and say, well, that just means someone mixed race. No, it means both, dear friends. Do you honestly believe that God is going to give a carte blanche pass to people having sex out of wedlock and breeding creature bastards because that means mamzer? Oh, no, indeed, dear friends. It means both. It means a child to an unwed mother and father, and it means a child who is mixed. But if you don't accept it at superficial level, meaning a bastard's not going to enter the congregation of the Lord, you'll never truly understand the meaning of the word mamzer, a.k.a. bastard. Any man among you seems to be wise in this world. Let him become a fool. And that's the reason why within Christian identity, oh, people love saying, oh, Pastor Visser doesn't know what he's talking about, but yet they can't debate me. They won't call in. They won't do any of those things. Why? Because they know I'll hand them their hat in a handbasket. They don't want to hear that, but they're afraid. Same way with Jesus Christ. And we can, not a single person down here can attribute ourselves on the same level as Jesus Christ, but we must recognize that it wasn't Jesus Christ himself, the person that was perceived as the threat to the Israelites, to the Pharisees, to the Romans, and so forth. But it was what he represented. Jesus Christ taught the law, and the law makes man accountable. So when Jesus Christ says, Thou shalt not serve other gods, thou shalt not bear false witness, man is pricked in his own heart. That was the part that they attempted to kill within Jesus Christ. The person himself did not matter. And that's the reason why Jesus Christ says, Don't marvel if the world hates you. Don't marvel when they come along and they tell you all these things that Jesus Christ is. Rather, cling unto his word, and through his word, then and only then, will you be able to know the deeper truth. But if you scratch Paul out and say, well, God's going to lead me, well, guess what? A God will lead you, but in most assuredly, nine times out of ten, won't be the God of the Bible who said, I foretold you all things. If someone comes to you, or some deity, or some angel, or some demon, saying, hey, I'm God, and I've got a message to you from Yahweh, from the very throne of heaven, and it doesn't align with the scripture, guess what, dear friends? It's a lie. Point in case. That is the blessed assurance that Yahweh God gives us through his word. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel, and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, where you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life, and help to build His church, so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith, and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. So stay within that word. Why? We're the temple of God. The temple of God is holy. And the only way to know the deeper things of the Bible is to put away the things of the world. We cannot be wise in the things of the world like the Jew. The Jew knows how to come along and trick people. They know how to make lots of money. They know how to invest money in the stock market and turn a profit on your money. 
even and know how to leech. Oh, they may be wise within the ways of the world. They may be wise within things of politics even. But they're complete, utter fools when it comes to the simplicity that is in Christ. That a bastard shall not enter the congregation. They're going to add all this other to it. No, dear friends, do not make that mistake. Next verse. This is verse 19 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. These are the words of Paul, and he says this. 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Time and time again, this is the reason why I have stressed the ideal behind the liberal, who will sit there and say, hey, let's give the Negro the right to vote. Let's empower women over men, and then they sit there and scratch their head and wonder why there's a hundred black-on-white rapes in this country every day. Oh, it couldn't have anything to do with the fact that they unleashed them upon us. Is it? But they're so wise within the world that they're blinded to reality, what is right there on the surface. And so that's the question I present to hippies and liberals time and time again. How do you enjoy this nirvana, this latter era, where there's more crime now than at any point in history. Common sense would dictate to you that one thing has to do with the other, but the way of the liberals to make excuses unto death, never admitting fault within themselves, especially theologically. Because in my life, dear friends, there's been time and time again I've proven what the scripture says, and those who want to believe the lie are going to believe the lie anyway. They'll take that lie to their grave, because the lie is preferable. They'd rather have their ears tickled. They'd rather be told smooth things sweetly than harsh truths the way we're supposed to. And that's the reason why this ministry will continue. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. That's why every atheist will come and say, the Bible's just a book of myths. It is to them. But remember that the Bible says, woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. Woe unto Judas who betrayed Jesus Christ. And we touched upon this in tonight's Godcast. The reason Jesus Christ would say that is because they were chosen as vessels of dishonor. And a vessel of dishonor, according to Paul in the book of Romans, does not have the power to say, why, God, did you make me as such? They don't even have the ability to question it. Rather, they only have it hardwired within them to be what they are. A snake is a snake, dear friends, and we cannot get mad at a snake when a snake bites us. We can only be mad at ourselves for allowing ourselves to become snake bit. Why? Because Yahweh God created the devil, the demons, and the serpent to be exactly what it is and tells you how to overcome evil with good. Are you willing to do it, or do you want to follow your own heart? The carnal mind, dear friends, there is no word for heart in Scripture. Every time you see the word heart, it means mind. And this is where the Judeo misses it time and time again. They say, oh, all you've got to do is open your heart to Jesus. That's never written in Scripture. And even if what they were saying is true, it means we must open our mind to Jesus Christ. How can we open our mind to Jesus Christ? The only way to do that, dear friends, is through His Word. If you think you can open your mind outside his word and expect not the devil to answer in God's voice, you're gravely mistaken, dear friends, because that is scriptural. Continuing on, it is written, he hath taken the wise in their own craftiness. And time and time again, this is why it happens. Tonight's topic, dear friends, is enduring until the end, running the race until the end. Meaning, that's what it is, a race, a game that we must play, a game that only a small remnant, the Zadok, the chosen of Yahweh God, can win. 
When you recognize that, universalism goes out the window. When you recognize that, Catholicism goes out the window. Jesus Christ said, narrow is the way, but few there be that find it. The majority of mankind out there are always seeking to go the broad way. Why? Nine times out of ten, it is for acceptance within the world. But the wisdom of this world is foolishness. Not only that, it is diametrically opposed to the truth of Scripture. Meaning that if Yahweh God comes along and says, go ahead and eat salt, and go into the land of honey, then it is the way of man when you go to the doctor to say, oh, don't eat salt if you want to live a long time. And the liberal really believes that by cutting a preservative out of their diet, they will live longer. Or when the doctor comes along and says, guess what, you're a diabetic, but I give you the option to have a Coke occasionally. Oh, they're really enamored with that. Oh, my doctor said as such. Strange that common sense doesn't dictate as such, huh, friends? Because reality is, is excise in anything will kill you. And we do not need wise men or doctors or any of these things to come along and tell us what we already know. What we know is written in the Word. And the Word says the wisdom of this world is foolishness, period. Verse 20 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says this. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain, period. That is the wise in this world, because that's the context of the verse preceding it. The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Next verse, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Meaning, those out there who are good lawyers, good judges, want to run for a Newton County Sheriff and so forth, the only reason they want to do as such is because of the vanity of their own mind. What's another word for vanity, dear friends? Carnal lust, which is exactly what Paul began 1 Corinthians chapter 3 by saying, envying, strifes, murders, and so much more all strive from the quote-unquote hearts or minds of men. But it is not Yahweh God's will that the thoughts of men, or those who deem themselves wise, are foolishness. They're vanity. They mean nothing. And truly, in this latter era, can we sit and turn on the media and see men and women discussing things that truly don't matter, that have nothing to do with the establishment of Yahweh's kingdom here on earth, as it is in heaven, the way Jesus Christ instructed. Oh, they can talk about politics. They could talk about, you know, recent television shows, soap operas, and so forth. But can they truly tell you what the Word of God says? Nine times out of ten, they can't. In fact, the vain man, those that are wise in the ways of the world, are those who will come along and say, I'm not going to follow the Bible. The Bible's just allegory. The Bible's a book of Proverbs on how to live your life. Meaning, they do not live according to every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, according to Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ says that mankind lives according to every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, he meant it, dear friends. That is every word of God that's transcribed here in your Bible. So if you want to throw a part out here or there, it's going to lead you down that slippery slope of apostasy. The thoughts of the wise within this world is vanity. Next verse, 21 in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says this. Therefore, let no man glory in men. Stopping right there. Don't glory in men. It doesn't matter what Mitt Romney says. It doesn't matter what Arnold Schwarzenegger says. If these are not Christian examples, then they're not to be glorified. They're not even truly to be discussed. Again, as we've discussed, it was continually Paul who taught edification, 
unity of the faith and being unified within what is taught and agreeing to disagree on certain things that aren't confirmed. But if something is written and confirmed by two witnesses, then guess what? That and that alone is profitable for doctrine, correction, reproof, and so forth. Meaning, it's dogma. There simply is no question based on Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 5 of, as to whether the law is in effect or not. But there are unrighteous men out there who want to dissent and draw you aside on meaningless genealogies and debates about the law as per the words of Paul. What does that mean, dear friends? These are the ones who want to come along and say, I'm Israelite. He isn't when Christ said that God can raise up stones according to Abraham's seed. When you make the mistake of worshiping race over grace, you've already missed the boat, dear friends, because that's exactly what the Pharisee did. That's the symbology behind the Good Samaritan. While the Pharisee, the Sanhedrin, and all these people wouldn't stop to help, the Samaritan would. And the Samaritan, through that act, received a greater reward. Did he not? Yes, indeed. But the rest of them were like, ooh, I'm not going to touch the unclean thing. But they lost a part of their inheritance in doing that. So do not glory in men, Paul continues, for all things are yours. Knowing that already, all things are yours. The earth and the fullness thereof belong to your dad your heavenly Father. And if you understand that, then you'll be able to understand the reason why Jesus Christ says, render unto Caesars those things that are Caesars. Do you really believe that if man stamps his face on a gold coin, suddenly God's gold becomes man's? Well, if that's your belief, then you're entitled to it. And God will let you render unto Caesar as much as you think Caesar owns. But the catch-22 behind it all, dear friend, is Caesar owns nothing. Nor does Obama, nor does Mitt Romney, and none of these men are worthy of your reverence. When you go and cast lots for a man-king, in a lot of ways, dear friends, you're choosing the lesser of two evils. This is no different than the children of Israel saying, Give us a man-king, give us a man-king to Yahweh God. Oh, indeed, Yahweh God gave them a man-king. But what should be pointed out behind that is the children of Israel wanted a man-king because all the other races had one. We didn't. We had one king, no king but Jesus. And when we strive to be like the other nations... It is complete and dismal failure. And we will fail. The thoughts of those who are wise in the ways of the world are 100% foolishness to Yahweh God. And that is how he can confound them in their own thoughts. Professing themselves to be wise, they truly do become fools. Why? Because they can't see the forest for the trees. But do not make that mistake. The thoughts of the wise are vain. Do not glory in men. All things are yours. Paul continues in verse 22. Wherefore, Paul or Apollos, or Caiaphas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God. Meaning, that if you recognize Jesus Christ as your head, the way you're supposed to, the way Paul established every Christian church in the book of Acts, and what we're covering today, the church at Corinth, then we simply cannot be removed from the love of God. Why? Because if we're accepted with Christ, Jesus Christ is God. So if we go out there and think that we cast lots for the lesser of two evils, God's not going to rebuke us with not having the mentality of no king but Jesus. Think again. Casting your lot for the lesser of two evils is still casting a lot for evil, the sin. Meaning that if you engage in that, or moreover, believe in that, that politics will deliver you when only Yahweh God will, you'll be accountable for as such. 
whether it's Paul, Apollos, or the things of the world, life, death, presence, all these things are yours. The earth and the fullness thereof belong to God, and guess what? The meek inherit that earth. That is the gift that Yahweh God gave Adam and Eve in the very beginning. That is the gift that they forfeited through the original sin. They had paradise. They had Edom. They could walk with God, as Abel, as Enoch, God would hold their hand and be a father unto them. But they forfeited that, dear friends. And the reason they forfeited that was because they gave the world over to the devil. A perfect example of that was when the devil appeared to Jesus Christ after his baptism in the wilderness, because that's when he comes to you and said, if you'll do me homage, I'll give you all the kingdoms, all the worlds that are here on earth. Now, to debate whether he had the ability to give them or not would be futile, but point in case is he can offer that, could he not? But in accepting Satan's false version of what the world is, as the Jew does, saying, hey, I own that skyscraper, hey, I own all these farms that these white Gentiles work on, you forfeit your position within eternity, within paradise, meaning you don't receive a reward at all. And so we should strive for that reward, dear friends. When it was King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes who says that the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments, we must remember that leading up to that, time and time again, Solomon gives a long list of all these things that are vanity. And guess what? The work of your hands is vanity. Anything that you do that is not for the establishment and the advancement of Yahweh's kingdom here on earth is vanity. And man forgets that time and time again. Even in building a church, you want to build a beautiful cathedral, you could do that, dear friends, but your name won't be attributed to it. You're not Frank Lloyd Wright. You're not going to continue on beyond anything. Why? Because unless the media dictates you as a threat like Adolf Hitler or Jesus Christ, your name and my name will be blotted out 50 years from now, and there won't be hardly anybody remembering us. That's the way of God. But the way of man is to come along and seek to put a little notch down here, wanting to be remembered. Now, even men who come along and join the police department and try to become a mayor or work in Congress and so forth, even if they have good ideals going in, the truth behind it is within a few years, they usually become the good old boy, and those ideals go out the window. So while we live in this latter apostasy where man knows that voting is rigged and the election is a farce and the Jews going to put who they want in there, so much so that Obama can say, when I'm president, not if I'm president, in his first debate, you should be able to recognize that the only way through it is through Yahweh God. Yahweh God is he who can lead you out of apostasy, out of confusion. When we recognize that Yahweh God is not the author of confusion, and confusion as a word means Babel and or Babylon, then we should be able to recognize that Satan, the king of Babylon, is confusion. There is no confusion within the simplicity of Christ. If Jesus Christ says it or God says it in the Old Testament, he means exactly what he says. And you and I would be fools to listen to a man giving you an excuse to sin or fudge those laws because we're putting our faith in man more so than Yahweh God. So, continuing on, chapter 4, 1 Corinthians, verse 1. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And so we know that it was man who came along and put verse numbers and chapter numbers here. But Paul continues, and Paul says as such, so man account of us as ministers of Christ and the stewards. This is what you and I are supposed to do. Jesus Christ straightforwardly taught us that we could do greater works than he. Do you believe it? 
for indeed we can. While Christ could physically give the blind the ability to see, we can spiritually give the blind the ability to see. And guess what? That's a greater work than even doing it in the physical realm. While Jesus Christ could give man life, being God in the flesh, so also can we help give man eternal life through bringing them into the truth and what the Word of God says. Verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Faithful means reading the Word of God, knowing the Word of God means what it means, and being faithful within it. A man who comes along and bashes Paul and says, I don't believe Paul says what he says, has no faith, period. As per the words of Paul that we just covered, if you have faith, then you will abide. But it is required in stewards. A steward is anyone who professes to handle the oracles of God, any pastor, any bishop, any man over his own home even. If you're to be a steward, then that man must be found faithful. What good is it to believe in theology if you don't have faith within that theology? Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. What good is it to be like the imposter terrors out there who claim to be Christian identity and say, Hey, I know the law of God, when they don't follow it. It's faithlessness. Having true faith will lead you to works, because faith without works is dead. Meaning, that true faith will lead you into following the law. You're not going to be the type of person sitting back watching Monday Night Football when Yahweh God returns saying, Well, I believed. The devils believe and tremble. It means nothing. Your belief will not save you, dear friends. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And stop worrying about belief. If you truly believe, then faith will dictate that through your works. This is how Jesus Christ could make that statement, that a tree, meaning a person, is known by the fruit that they bring forth. It doesn't matter how great a game they can talk. It doesn't matter how they can plagiarize compare and pass it off as their own. Rather, it's up to you to know whether it's legit or not. Because time and time again, that's exactly what man will do, and we see it within Judeo-Christianity, do we not? They'll come along and say, well, if Jesus Christ is a Jew, they say it so believingly, so convincingly, that the flock believe it and go and teach others to err. But not so with the true Zadok, with the true faithful. It's required that you must be found faithful. Jesus Christ returns, he says, will I find faith upon this earth? Well, he may find some. 
But for the most part, the faith of many will wax cold in this latter era. And nine times out of ten, it is not because the devil. It's not because the Jew. It's not because Obama's president. It's because of our own faithlessness in his word of God. And now that we have four and a half more years of Obama, dear friends, I'll go on record right now and say, first and foremost, please check out my sermon, Abomination and Desolation, where I dictated four and a half, five years ago that once the Israelite race released their sovereignty to appoint a strange king over us scripturally, we will never again obtain it. Verse 3 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says this, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet I am not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Point and case, dear friends. While Rabbi Samuelson wants to go out there and post a picture of me saying I am nothing, that's the Christian mindset. That's what Paul says here. We are nothing without God. We are nothing without the body of Christ. You can sit out there in complacency, mark yourself off and put yourself in a little corner and worship God in your own little ideal of what God is. But if we're not striving for unity, dear friends, we are working towards dissension, towards division. That, dear friends, is the carnal mind. That is what Paul warned us about at the beginning of chapter 3. So Paul says, no man judges me, and it's confirmed in the book of Romans, where it says, he that is spiritual judgeth no man. Point in case. They don't judge, because it's not our place to judge. Satan is the accuser of our brethren. But it continues and says, yet he is judged of no man. So while man may come along and say, you're a melangian, you're a cork-eyed mamzer, and all of these things, <laughs> that judgment doesn't stand. And Christ straightforwardly said, by which measure you judge, you shall be judged in return. Do you believe it? Well, if you go out there and you start saying things that aren't confirmed by Scripture without two witnesses, you just picked your own judgment. No man can stand there in judgment and say, Yahweh God is not fair when we reap what we sow. That is the whole symbology of Christianity. That is what Christ taught. And if you reap seeds of dissension and chaos... It is because you sowed that, point in case. So, I know nothing by myself, Paul says, and hereby am not justified, but he that judgeth me is of the Lord. Verse 5 in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, stopping right there, judge nothing, especially until you've heard it from the mouth of two witnesses. That's the law of God. That's not New Testament, and that's not even Jesus Christ giving the second witness to what Yahweh God commanded. All the way back in the Old Testament, that is, at the hand of two witnesses, let every matter be established. So if some liar comes along and says, Eli, James is a Jew, and you repeat it, guess what? You're judged as a Jew in judgment because you accepted it. And Paul confirms right here, judge nothing before the time. That doesn't mean you can't judge. That doesn't mean you can't discern. That means you must hear all the facts before you jump on the bandwagon. But continuing on, until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have the praise of God. That is, in the eyes of everybody else, in the eyes of the masses, because in that great and terrible day of the Lord, we know that every knee bows and every tongue professes Jesus Christ as King. At that point, it's too late. But only then will the true Zadok shine. That's a promise of Yahweh God within His Word. Only then will Aunt Clara be able to understand, gee, you know, my cousin was right all along, and so forth. 
but not until that time. And that's the reason why Paul says, don't judge before the time, because only when Yahweh God comes will he turn everything straight. Woe unto them who call evil good and good evil, and that is the reason why mankind down here will call darkness good. For example, saying the Christ killer or God's chosen is a perfect example of that. But there's going to be a lot of people scratching their head wondering why, and that's those on the left hand of Jesus Christ who said, we did marvelous works, didn't we? But Christ says, I don't know you. Why? Iniquity, lawlessness was found within them. What is lawlessness but sin? What is sin by biblical definition, dear friends? But a transgression of the law. And what is the whole of the law wrapped up in? That whether there is an offense or not, everything must be established at the hands of two witnesses. So if we do not do as such, dear friends, we reap what we sow. We pour, if you will, the coals upon our own head. So don't judge anything before the time. Why? Verse 6 in chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. These things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you puffed up for one against another, period. Vanity is being puffed up. Vanity is thinking that you're such a divine avenger, you can come along and judge your neighbor when your neighbor just may be accepted of Yahweh God. Yeah, I said it, dear friends, and I'll say it again. He may not even be CI or come to the full realization of what truth is. But if you're out there attacking every single person, turning them from the word of God, how could they ever come to the meat of the word, like Paul says? Huh. that's your responsibility. And that is the reason why judgment begins at the house of the Lord. For every single person you misled in life, for every person that you handled with kitten gloves because you didn't want to debate, well, guess what, dear friends? You're responsible for that. And if you mislead them, you hate them. True love means telling your neighbor the truth. If you love your neighbor, you'll tell them the truth. Not being a general nuisance, not going and making a ignoramus of yourself but rather telling them the truth through meekness, because the truth is the only thing that will set you free. But at the same time, that same truth can make a person accountable. So, if you want to be accountable, dear friends, then the way of doing that is take responsibility. How many of us out there will go and do things and then blame God or blame Eve, as Adam did, instead of stepping up to the plate, being a man and saying, yeah, I messed up. Yahweh God likes the meek. The meek inherit the earth. And as a word, meek means teachable. You and I both, dear friends. That means even if you're a pastor, you must be susceptible to the leading of the Holy Spirit through other men, or else you simply do not comprise the body of Christ, which is what Paul so adamantly taught. So, it is Yahweh God who will judge us. And it was Jesus Christ who says that no one of you be puffed up for one against the other. If you think you're better than your neighbor, dear friends, who is white and may be accepted with Yahweh God, then you just pronounced your own judgment upon your head. When the whole of Scripture says work out your own salvation with trembling, when the whole of Scripture says the devils believe and tremble, if you truly believe, you will obey. It doesn't matter what you say with your mouth. It doesn't matter if you've got a little ministry with a forum that gets no post hits because no one views it. What matters is if you're willing to do. Be a doer of the word, as James, Jesus' brother, said. Not a hearer. Faith comes by hearing, but action comes through faith. Now, if we do not have faith leading to works, then our religion is in vain. And Paul confirms that as well. Verse 7 in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 
For who maketh thee to defer from one another? Question stopping right there. Who do you think it is, dear friend, who makes all these churches down here with 101 dogmas all varying from each other? Each person saying, Jesus is this. The law is this. The Bible doesn't mean or the Bible does mean. Who do you think it is? Let's find out. For who maketh thee to defer from one another? Paul asks. And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Another question. Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Question. Verse 8. Now ye are full, now ye are rich, now ye have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God that ye did reign, that we might also reign with you. What is that? Completion. Full circle. That means the body of Christ is a many-membered body of Christ. So whether you're the person being attacked by the dissenter or the dissenter himself, you simply can't be part of that body in a lot of ways, dear friends, if you hearken unto it. Because the person out there wanting to slander, the person out there wanting to attack, can't be a member of the body of Christ, as per the words of Paul and as per the words of Jesus Christ. Do you not think for a minute that God knows who his own are? Do you not think Jesus Christ says, My sheep hear my voice and follow, and I know who my sheep are? That's for you, dear friends, to recognize. Not for God. For you to recognize that when somebody is out there doing nothing but lying on other people, they're not the body of Christ, so you can easily mark them and go on. Kick the dust off your feet and move to the next house. But many of us won't. Why? Because we want to play judge, jury, and executioner all ourselves. And we see that within Christian identity all the time. These people saying, I want to kill so-and-so. I want to do so-and-so. Well, guess what? You can't. It's an impossibility. At no point in the second advent or even the first advent was the Israelite race allowed to engage in fawnance and or premeditated murder against anybody. There were provisions many times where God would say, you can go into the land of Canaan, you can destroy every man and woman inhabitant of that land. But that was an exception to the rule. The law of God still says, thou shalt not murder. And moreover, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and Obadiah all confirm that the only reward the righteous overcoming first fruit company receive is seeing the rudiment and the tear destroyed. Not partaking in that. Christ said within his parable that it is the angels that will come and gather the tares and burn them. Not you and I, dear friends. So if you hearken unto madmen who want you to go and engage in illegal acts, do not be surprised when you suffer the consequences. Continuing on, verse 8 in chapter 4 of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. It says this, Now ye are fools, now ye are rich, ye have reigned with kings without us. And I would to God that ye did reign, that I might reign with you. Which should be the mindset of each and every one of us. Next verse. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it was appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. And that's the way of it, dear friends, because time and time again, we are a spectacle. And even I, at the tender age of 39 years old, is seen as a dinosaur and an antiquated relic in this era. Why? Because I believe the races should be separate. Because I believe the Bible says as such. But most people in my age frame do not, which is proof that we are living in a latter rebuilt Babylon, an apostasy, an apostasy of confusion, where many people will go to and fro saying, Jesus is this, Jesus is that. But we should not glory. Why? Because Paul says it in the next verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. We are fools for Christ's sakes, 
but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Are ye honorable, but we are despised. Point in case, down here in Satan's kingdom, good is called evil, evil is called good. But the judgment of God's is entirely different than the judgment of man. Man will judge you according to how much money you have in a bank account, but it is Yahweh God who will judge you according to your heart. Why? Because your heart should lead you to do all things. If you're overfeeding your neighbor in private, not wanting to be rewarded of the world, well, guess what? That holds more clout with Yahweh God than sitting and saying, I have a full knowledge of the law and not even keeping it like so many people out there do. What should matter is following Yahweh God and striving to please Him through His Word. And if we don't do that, we're no different than the naysayer and the gainsayer out there, all of which who say, hey, I'm Christian, and they live the most debaucherous lifestyles. That's to be accepted within Judeo-Christianity. But are you able to see the deeper ones? Are you able to see the ones who claim to be your brother, the tear sown in amongst the wheat, who say, hey, you know what? I follow the law of God, but violate it every chance they can. Well, that's what Paul's talking about, and that's the reason why this ministry will continue. So, once again, dear friends, this is Pastor Visser from the heart of the Dirty South, and I say that because Fox Business just last week, once again, for about the fifth time, ranked the state of Georgia as the most corrupted state in the Union. We truly are the Dirty South, and from the heart of the Dirty South, I wish you and yours great studies. Until this weekend or next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Pastor Visser wishing you and yours great studies. War for Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.